Taking Back My Crazy, Episode 3, The Bottom Row. Welcome back to Taking Back My Crazy. My name's Matt, and this is a journey that I'd like to take with you all. This podcast is dedicated to the discussion of mental health and my personal experiences and adventures with bipolar disorder. Yours may vary. Today, let's talk about the downside. The bad things. The reasons we all stay inside the house, in the bed, under the covers, or whatever it is we choose to do to hide from the things that scare the hell out of us. My bipolar roller coaster has had its ups and downs, with plenty of both filling my time. The first thing that I needed to learn to cope with was the depressive swings. These were scary, not only for me, but my family as well. Feelings of depression seem to be normal for everyone. On Facebook, we all have that friend, or those friends, that post pictures of sunshine and nature, or the ever-so-cliché kitten poster saying, Hang in there! Those are the people who oftentimes try to encourage us to pick ourselves up. They want everyone to be happier. To be honest, when I'm at the lowest points in my life, I hate those posts. To me, it feels like an insult. From my perspective, at the bottom of my emotional ladder, hanging onto the bottom rung with my fingernails and the bleeding edge of losing my mind, it feels like a slap in the face. It really does. If I could, just buck up, cheer up, put on a smile. Don't people think I'd want to? I mean, I'm not a miserable person. I'm not. To anybody who knows me, I'm generally a jovial husky gent that's always up for hearing a joke or some random story or a bit of conversation. I love people. However, when things are bad, I'm not me. I'm not fun-loving or lighthearted. Okay, let's challenge that. Let's just, let's do, let's challenge that. I am me. I'm always myself, and it's okay to feel how I feel. And it's also okay to want to feel differently. From an early age, we're taught good and bad, better and worse, happy and sad, which are all polar opposites. The reason I bring this up is that there is quite a difference between these obvious opposites. Let's play devil's advocate for a moment, though. Could you have been having a really bad day? Like the worst day you've had in a while? Could this day end at the grocery store where you were forced to get a few things that you or someone else had forgotten when shopping? Now, this is the icing on the cake. A 5.30 run to the grocery store, packed with people, just absolutely teeming with people. In such a damn hurry that they can't be bothered with courtesy or common sense. Now, this is a bad situation, right? Now, let's say that you managed to find what you wanted right away, and it's on sale. As you approach the checkout, the lady with three carts full of food and a screaming child says, Go ahead, go on in front of me. I have a lot. And you check out, head to your car where you're able to get right out of the parking lot, and there's no other cars in your way. You leave the parking lot to a green light and make it home quickly, finding every green light along the way while your favorite song plays on the radio. Now, this was your bad day. It's been bad since 8 a.m., but the store trip you were dreading went really, really well. Proving that you can have days. Not good days or bad days, but just days. Days where it's an equal opportunity for things to go well or poor, easy or difficult. They're just days. So even on a quote-unquote very bad day, very good things can happen. It doesn't invalidate our feelings of depressed ire and frustration. It just means that we're capable of greater things than judging our day. I was always guilty of getting stuck in the bad day rut. Hell, I oftentimes had bad months. 
I heard people say they've had bad years. How bad is a period of time that we can find no good in it? I could convince myself silently that there was no good left in me and that I was worthless. I struggled to find a reason to do anything positive, feel anything positive, or love myself. I hated me. I hated me so much that I sometimes wanted me gone. I would convince myself that I didn't deserve a drink if I was thirsty. I would dwell on the fact that I was unworthy of such a luxury. When my family made a meal, I felt so worthless because I didn't contribute to purchase or preparation that I would often deny myself that meal, even if it was the only thing I would have eaten all day. I'd starve just to feel pain and hurt. I abused myself. I'm one of quote-unquote those people. I used to cut myself as a teenager and never tell a soul. Found great refuge in burning myself to the extent that I now have circular cigar-shaped scars all over the underside of my left forearm. I deserved it. That's how I felt. That's how it started. I deserved to hurt. I put every mistake I had ever made in my life on replay and just watched the highlight reel of how horrible a person I was. Now, is this a pity party? Maybe. Maybe it is, but it's mine. <laughs> it's my crazy. Damn it. I'm taking it back. This whole podcast is dedicated to, to me reclaiming the things that people have told me about myself. These are the things that I've learned about myself and I wanted to share with you. It's not for judgment. It's, it's how I survived to be in a mindset that I can write about it and talk about it. Folks, I'm, I'm reading this after the fact, but at the time of writing this, my fingers were striking the keys of my mechanical keyboard with such force that it even annoys me. Damn it, this is mine. Yes, it was wrong to do those things, but I'm alive. There were times that I chose not to be alive. I chose to end my life. I was lucky enough, fortunate enough, loved enough to have friends and family who knew I was in danger. I was lucky enough to have my loving wife who quite literally saved me from myself. To those people, I am in eternally indebted. Uh, I feel that I'm free now. Folks, I'm writing this from that place right now. I was afraid of COVID. I was afraid of people. Every task that I had to complete was a mountain. Getting up out of bed and making myself do anything was such an effort that I could barely muster the strength. I was depressed, and that's okay. It's how I felt. It wasn't who I am. Let's face it, shit happens. I've not hurt myself since Mother's Day of 2019. I fight the urge most days. It was a coping mechanism that kept my mind free from the pain I inflicted in my head, which is way worse than some second-degree burns. I survived suicide. I was ready to go. Plans in place, bag packed with what was needed to handle that task. I called out for help in a half-assed way and ended up in the psych ward. I went to my wife, who took me to my therapist. We spent a few hours there before I was carted off to the place where they warehouse us quote-unquote crazy people. I lived my life because, like those who survived cancer or heart disease, I came out on the other end of a disease that kills people. I am not free from my symptoms, but I have to live my life to the best of my ability for those who simply couldn't or didn't get the chance to live theirs. I owe my story to so many people who have helped me. I will freely tell anyone my mental health history because no one told me theirs. 
Once my work friends found out that I was going through these things, so many people reached out with support and stories of, hey, I I once went through the same thing. Folks, the time to share those stories isn't when someone's so sick that they can't function. It's before that. If I had all this information before I got so mentally sick that my life was in danger, maybe I would have got, wouldn't have gotten to that point. Maybe I would have reached out sooner. Maybe I would have had the courage to not feel like such a loser that didn't deserve help. It's hard to tell. All I know that Schoolhouse Rock was right. Knowledge is power. So here's a little bit of information. It is estimated that 16.2 million adults in the United States, or 6.7% of American adults, have had at least one major depressive episode in a given year. Good reason to share my story. These ongoing feelings of deep sadness and hopelessness, in addition to other symptoms, such as low energy and indecision, occur in 1.5% of U.S. adults in a given year. It is more prevalent in women than men, and half of all cases are considered serious. How about that? Seems pretty legit, right? Bipolar disorder, or manic depressive disorder, affects about 2.8% of the U.S. population in a given year. It occurs equally in men and women, while 83% of cases are considered severe. Share your story. We're victims of a disease, not statistics. Let's talk about this whole, like, COVID mess. Remember that? Maybe we won't right now, but raise your hand if you think that maybe the numbers were higher in 2022 than 2020. 19.1% of U.S. adults experienced a mental illness in 2021. This represents one in five adults. 4.6 of U.S. adults experienced serious mental illness in 2021. 11.4 million people. That's 1 in 25 adults. That's a pretty interesting group of numbers. 1 in 5 people. If the average person has a social circle of 10 people, that means that two of your closer people in that circle would have been struggling with depression. And 1 in 25, that means there's a frightening chance that one of your 10 people may have had a serious mental health issue. Folks, there are strength in numbers. The more of us that suffer, the more we need to remove the stigma of depression. I share my stories because others others just couldn't. You're not alone. Thank you for listening.